Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. I tell you what, politics is all of our business, which is why I love to spend time with my guest this segment, uh, Lee Kaplan, and he's uh, with the law firm of Spicer Kaplan and Veselka, skd.com. It's their website. They uh, specialize in business law. But uh, Lee is also a candidate for mayor here in Houston, Texas. And uh, I think he brings so much to the conversation. And what I, I think is most admirable was that it's not just the career in politics, which, you know, I see these candidates who have done nothing but held office for decades, and they think they can run offering fresh new ideas for other offices. <laughs> and I'm like going, really? Uh, I'm not sure how that works. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm excited when I see someone who has great experience breadth of knowledge, uh, and I think really an a, uh, open view of things uh, run for uh, office, and that's certainly the case with Lee. Lee, tell us a little bit about your candidacy, and uh, give us your website as well. Well, my website is kaplanforhoustonmayor.com, and it contains a short biography, a discussion of issues, and a short video that I think is... Uh, informative for people who want to know something about my candidacy. Uh, candidly, it's authentically Kaplan. I wrote it and uh, uh, predicted uh, the issues that I thought were important, which has been confirmed by the thousands of people I've talked to since. And um, basically, I come from the private sector. I've been interested in public affairs, but I come from the private sector. And every so often, I think every political entity needs a dose of people from the private sector to ask the important question, why are we doing it this way? And uh, there, are, there are often good answers for why we do it this way, but somebody has to ask that question once in a while and dive deep into thinking how we can improve our processes. Because yeah. city government is the at the most basic level, the closest to the citizenry, and they expect to be served by the city government in all the basic services that a city is supposed to provide. And Houston, by and large, does a moderately good job, but there's always areas for improvement. Mm -hmm. All right, and I think that's absolutely right. And we're going to talk a little today about a national uh, issue that uh, the dust has barely settled on the midterms, uh, which I think were very telling, uh, not so much about uh, the Democrats per se, but the Republicans, in my opinion, uh, but telling nonetheless. But now we're like in full swing talking about uh, the uh, presidential election with, what, a 76-year-old Donald Trump versus an 80-year-old Joe Biden. I find this fascinating, to be perfectly honest with you. And, uh, of course, Trump has announced, although I don't think I have seen him do – uh, and, of course, he may not get the nomination. In fact, I, I'd almost be surprised. But, um, you know, we, we haven't seen – he's been like in a bunker ever since his announcement. And, of course, he's been daily with bad, bad news on top of bad news, which, of course, he generated by his behavior. And then you got Joe Biden, who I think is kind of acting like he has some buoyancy because of how well the uh, midterms went uh, for the Democrats. And I think that had more to do with Trump than him. But it's – but the big question becomes, is he going to run for re-election? 
And uh, what does it look like in terms of chances if he does? And so we're going to start with that. I think that Biden is likely to run again and likely to win again. Okay. So we're done. That was a great second. Yeah, let's unbox that a little bit. So um, it, it seems like any, any, every, I've worked for many politicians over the years. I've been a staffer, I was a staffer, uh, you know, uh, for a senator, a U.S. senator. I, I kind of know what you're talking about. I would find it highly unlikely, like you have said before, unless there was a major health crisis that would prevent him from running, that he would not run. Because every politician I've ever met believes they should be in office and should be running for higher office if that is a possibility. So I agree with you on that. But I think he's got some serious challenges, uh, you know, particularly in the physical front. I, I'm impressed by him getting a lot done, I think, with his hands tied and incredibly divided uh, Congress. Uh, but I think a lot of people are concerned about his, his health, you know, particularly cognitive health, where he has apparently cheat sheets that are being used to tell him when to sit down, you know, and who people are that he's known for literally years. Those kind of things that it gets leaked out, that makes people, I think, really nervous. Does me at least. Well, it would be it would be different if there were some Democratic challengers who I think have ideological credibility. Biden is probably the most liberal person the Democrats could get away with to uh, be electable, um, and I don't know of any Democrats at Biden's ideology or to the right of that who are credible uh, candidates for president, personally. I I just don't know who they'd be. Part of that is there doesn't seem to be a Democratic governor who is very prominent, let alone a Democratic senator who's very prominent and ideologically more middle of the road of the party. And I think people do want somebody who's more middle of the road ideologically um, than not. So that probably yeah, the, in the general you know, election, that's true. I don't know if that's right, true in the that, Democrat caucus, but in the general election, that's true. Well, if the Democrats learned anything from the Republicans, it should be that being an outlier is not that helpful to get elected. Um, right. Uh, I think that it takes general disgust with the incumbent uh, for the other side to win, and it takes more than general disgust with the incumbent for the incumbent not to be renominated. The last time, meaningful time that that happened, um, uh, failure of renomination, was Lyndon Johnson saying he wouldn't run again. And and whether he would have been successful or not, um, uh, had he tried to run again, I'm not sure. But I think history tells us that the incumbent is likely to get renomination, and yeah. the Republicans, by falling off the deep end with with a personality so much an outlier as Trump, may have learned their lesson. But I'm not sure. We'll see uh, whether the midterms tell them that they have to move a little bit more to the middle, or at least be more reassuring as a personality. I don't really know who yeah. they've got. DeSantis is not necessarily that reassuring a personality. And uh, certainly Greg Abbott 
has tried to stake out some of the same ground as DeSantis has already claimed. But moderate Republicans are an endangered species. Yeah, so there's a lot there, and I think that uh, you're uh, you're you're right. I think that uh, I think almost any Democrat who has a nominee could be Donald Trump. In fact, uh, Trump, in my opinion, may be one of the few Republicans that have national stature who could not beat Biden. That's my opinion. I think people, again, are worried about his age. And, you, you know, you pointed out, you know, it's only because the Democrats don't have any other options that uh, people aren't talking more about it in that caucus. Um, you know, uh, I think you're absolutely right. He walks a tight, a tight wire that is extremely hard. Of, of Here's a guy who has an incredibly progressive record in historical context, but is still reasonable and still likes to get things accomplished and work with the other side of the aisle. That is a very positive, very, I think, precious character trait uh, for a leader that is very hard to find on either side. Um, but uh, I think Trump, you know, Trump is one of the few major national Republicans who simply wouldn't have a prayer against Biden because of what he's done and what he's like. They can't win without independence. Republican Party and either party can't win without independence. I don't see any flocking to Trump in uh, 2000, in, you know, in this next election cycle. Right. And I don't, uh, there's just no challengers on the Democratic side who I think are in good shape. Kamala Harris has been discredited for various reasons, and whether those are valid or not, I can't say. Um, and on the Republican side, you know, you've got DeSantis uh, taking up a lot of the uh, breathing space right now, but things happen. I mean, you never know uh, in the next uh, year and a half before committees really nominate people what's going to happen, and there's a lot of uncertainty about that. Um, I personally, you know, uh, don't see a Democrat challenging Biden successfully. Uh, Val Demings yeah. lost to Marco Rubio. Stacey Abrams lost, and uh, I don't know who uh, else the Democrats have uh, that's prominent. Uh, uh, some people talk about uh, uh, Buttigieg having a, cho- a chance of getting the nomination if Biden falls, but I don't think he's going to challenge the president. And then on the Republican side, I just don't see Greg Abbott overtaking um DeSantis, so I don't know who else they might have. Maybe they have a yeah. senator somewhere. You know, if they're a person with a mild personality like John Cornyn, but who is more credible, maybe the Republicans would have a would have a challenger. But Cornyn has not shown that he has any appetite for that, and nobody else has turned up either that that would seem to be a credible challenger. Marco Rubio has uh, kind of flamed out. So I'm not sure who else they might think would be a possibility. I hear a lot about Yunkin uh, from uh, Virginia, you know, and he has like the uh, most important uh, credential, uh, which is he uh, has very little experience. (laughs) All of a sudden, virtually no experience has become really sexy for presidential candidates. But, you know, he's very conservative. He can appeal to the the harder right while being uh, reasonable. You know, and, uh, you know, he, he has 
openly criticized uh, the Trump approach of name-calling and, and uh, divisiveness that uh, has uh, become characteristic of him. But you're right, there's not a, there's not a whole lot. The problem is, is I can see Youngkin winning a national election. I like him, he's smart, uh, I, he's not my preference ideologically-wise, uh, but he's reasonable about it. He talks about issues, not why you're a moron for uh, not agreeing with him on the issues. I just don't see him getting the nomination. This party, this GOP, is is so strident and is so acrimony driven. That, you know, and I think the, the the majority of independent voters are too exhausted by such. Right. Well, Youngkin, uh, interestingly enough, went to Rice University here at Houston, graduated in 1990, um, and he was a co-CEO or CEO of the Carlisle Group, which is. Uh, a place to make a lot of money. Uh, I don't really know what his ideology is because it seemed to be a little bit uh, uh, wayward during the campaign. He was conservative and he wasn't, and and maybe that will help him supporters in a national election. But I think a lot of Republicans regard him as too suspiciously reasonable, if that's the right word. Uh, <laughs> I like nominated. that. I so, like that. I think you nailed it. It's possible. I mean, it's way too early to say. But, you know, he he won in what I would call a battleground state. On the other hand, he, he barely beat Terry McAuliffe by, you know, maybe two percentage points. So it's not like some resounding win. And and Terry McAuliffe had kind of a lot of baggage. He had a lot of loyal Democrats, but a lot of baggage. So I haven't yet seen somebody who will be appealing to independent voters. When's the last time a Republican won in Virginia? I hear it called purple, and I hear it called battleground, but I lived in the area for quite some time, and I think that may have been about the time the last time they had a Republican. It's at least uh, early 2000s. They've been pretty generally electing Democrats for quite some time for statewide office. I think that's right. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last Republican governor of Virginia. Uh, my recollection is it was the uh, Republican who sent his child to an integrated school, which was considered somewhat uh, of an anomaly at the time. And uh, um, whether or not there are people in the Republican Party who would vote for somebody like that, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I think uh, the person that I remember is uh, Linwood Holton. I think he's the last. Uh, there was I, I cheated. I, I cheated. It was, uh, it was Robert, Mc, uh, Robert McDonald. And uh, that was 2010. Uh, but when you look at this list, he's the first Republican since James Gilmore in 98. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a feat, uh, you know, but, uh, but, yeah, it wasn't by much of a margin. It'll be interesting to see. But you nailed it. I think you nailed it, uh, frankly, Lee, when you talked about the fact that uh, there are a lot of reasonable candidates to consider in the primaries but none of them can get through the primaries with the way the Republican Party is now. I, I, I agree and, with that. And people get tripped up by uh, things that come up 
when they become more prominent. My recollection is that Governor Northam of Virginia is the one who showed up. There are photographs of him in blackface at some party. Well, you know, maybe he was young then, but that kind of thing is fatal on the national scene. So um, I just, I don't really see anybody right now. And uh, I don't know what the biggest issues will be uh, come next year and a half. Uh, it may be that gun violence is a big issue and more voters are persuaded that the Democrats have a better answer. It may be that national security will again be a big issue, and normally Republicans would have been in good shape on that, but it's Biden who is uh, beating the, the toxin for Ukraine and the Republicans who are showing some reluctance because they keep calling it a blank check. So things are topsy-turvy. And and no party wants to address the budget deficit in a meaningful way. And there are people, no. economic conservatives, who care about that. So my prediction is that Biden runs again. I don't know who his vice president would be if I had to guess. If I had to guess, it'd be either Kamala Harris or Buttigieg. But, you know, I guess we'll yeah, find out in the next yeah. uh, I expect Biden to make an announcement in the next two months. Well, we'll be talking about it. You watch. Um, always enjoy our chats. And, uh, again, your website, uh, leadkaplanforhoustonmayor.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Kaplan. Tim, you want to get used to it. Kaplan. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, Kaplan for mayor of Houston. There we go. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank I always you. Look I always look forward to my chats with, chats with Lee Kaplan. Uh, we'll be chatting, of course, next year because we've got a lot to unbox as we work towards uh, more elections as they come. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. <laughs>